You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran, my brother? What is going on? How are we doing this Halloween spooky season? I'm doing good, man. Is Halloween coming up? It is uh, pretty close. I mean, this should be the time. You have kids. Like, I'm assuming you got you guys aren't watching Halloween movies yet. Nah. Is that a thing you guys don't really do at your house or what's up? No, we do. Just not. It's, it's not close early. enough yet. Yeah, not I mean, what are we at? Like the, it's the we're like it's like two weeks left in October. Yeah, we ain't yeah. watching nothing spooky though. Not like no, uh, not scary. You yeah. got kids, but I'm saying like you know like the hocus pocuses of the world, the Halloween towns. Like I feel oh, like not before Christmas. No. That's my shit. No, I mean, for you, I guess that's your answer. Yeah, no, Hocus Pocus shit. is definitely way bigger. No, than not even for Christmas, the shit. But is that a Halloween movie? It's a Halloween and Christmas movie. <laughs> that's it's a twofer. That's, it's a twofer. Exactly, that's what's special about. That's it. why it's so unique. You can watch a a, a movie on both holidays. Yeah. What? It's a twofer special. What other movie can do? You can do that over. Um, I guess Groundhog yeah. Day. You can watch Groundhog Day on Groundhog Day, and but it's like, uh, I don't know what other day you can you can't watch exactly. it on another day. Yeah. Oh wow, huh? No, I guess the Nightmare Before Christmas is special in that it's regard. Classic, man. Yeah, listen, I'm. I get it. I guess yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people in uh, low income neighborhoods have Jack Skellington uh, tattoos. So I get it. Really, it's a popular. Yeah, it's a popular uh, trashy tattoo. Hmm. Uh, Jack Skellington. Uh, I seen some good ones too, like some shit. ones that go full detail. But the one that just looks like a baseball with a face on it, that's like the low brow go to type of tattoo. Uh, I don't think people. I've ever seen that. Okay, I got my eyes open. I got my eyes peeled to the world a little hmm. bit more, but. I would say most people would say probably Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, those those two kind of battle for the crown. I feel like you know that doesn't matter. I don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know, so it, it, we'll, we'll move on from it. Uh, no, Fran, no. I got a couple of updates about what from some stuff we talked about over the last couple of episodes. One last week, I talked about uh, some killings that were happening in Stockton, California. Okay. A suspect has been arrested. Uh, this person, there was seven killings over the last like eighteen months in Stockton, California. Uh, there was a guy, he was arrested. They caught him on camera, and they, so they were watching and surveilling him, and they said they caught him in the act of stalking another victim. Like, he had a gun uh, on him, and they, they, he was, like, following someone, and they caught him. He's 43 years old. I can't remember his name right now, but he has been arrested, and he's suspected of committing the seven murders. Mm. Or seven, sh- seven shootings, six, six murders. One was, like, an um, injury. Most of them were homeless people. So there's been an uptick in uh, homeless violence over the years, and... Um, and an uptick in homelessness. So that's that's a scary correlation. So um, I don't know what's going on, man. There was a guy in Miami that, like, lived in a nice building, and he was killing people that were homeless around the nice building. Like, he thought he was kill- cleaning up the streets or whatever. I don't know. Like, a couple pe- years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, like, 2019, 2020, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he that's was, like, crazy. a real estate agent. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, weird, yeah, yeah. weird times, man. Weird times. But also. Official- but it's like they. <laughs> They doing it looks like they doing justice. Yeah, they think they're like we come cleaning up the street. It's a weird, <laughs> that's a weird like uh, thought. Yeah. So it's like it's an insane. You're insane. You're an insane yeah. person. Also, officially, let's give a, a round of applause. Adnan Saeed has been officially cleared yeah. as a suspect in the murder of Heyman Lee. Uh, DNA uh, DNA evidence has ruled him out as a suspect. 
Obviously, once again, as we said before, prayers to the Lee family. I mean, their daughter's murder is now once again unsolved, and there's a time that I'm sure it feels kind of hard and painful to see people celebrating a guy getting off for the murder of your daughter. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. I mean, I don't, you know, but let's try to put some of that energy that we have for celebrating Adnan into trying to solve the murder of Heyman Lee. That's, that's more important now, now that, now that a a right has been, a wrong has been righted. It's time to focus on, you know, bringing the killer of Heyman Lee to justice. So yeah, those are two kind of stories that we we've touched on over the last few episodes and, you know, wanted to bring them back around and kind of, you know, put a ribbon around them in a, in a, in a sense, Fran, but I have some devastating news for the listeners. All your aunties out there, call your aunties, check on them, make sure everybody's okay. Alaska has canceled crab leg season because a billion crabs have just disappeared, apparently. So there will be a crab, an Alaskan crab leg shortage. Mm. You know, uh, your aunties will not be able to pour up some Alizé and, you know, put on uh, some stories and, and crack some crab legs. There will be less mukbang videos, or they will be a lot more expensive to do some mukbang videos this uh, fall slash winter season. Yeah, uh, I don't really. They don't really know what's up. They're blaming disease in some kind of way. The, like mm. the, uh, cra- the crab, crab disease. Is that off? A billion crab. Well, they just are gone. They're not there. Like they're not where they're supposed to be fished. They're not there. Like the waters are like barren, basically. So yeah, um, check on your aunties. Check on your you know your favorite cousin. Mm. Anybody you know likes to snap on some crab legs because it's a popular snack. I know um, in a lot of households in my family. Yeah, and so it's gonna be uh, at the very least they're gonna be a, a double the price, triple the price. Yesterday's price is not. You still eat crabs in the winter? I don't know that to be a thing that that they eat them specifically in the winter. People oh. eat crabs all the time. Oh okay. Yeah, people eat crabs all the, especially Alaskan crab legs. The crab legs specifically. Oh, crab yeah, legs okay. people eat them all the time. It's all year round mm. kind of snack. Snack, I don't know. Dinner, I don't know. <laughs> you snap those legs open and get those big chunks of meat. People enjoy mm-hmm. that. Is it fresh? Or they just of like they could like come in a bag? No, fresh, like, fresh crab. Oh, you okay. boil them, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> you get a big thing of butter, dip them. It's a whole thing. It's a whole ritual. I never had lobster before. You know that? You never had lobster before? Mm. It's good. You never had like just like a lobster roll or nothing? No. Like not just cracking open a lobster. Like you never no. had lobster in anything? Lobster mac and cheese? Probably, yeah. But not, I'm talking not like a lobster. real lobster, yeah. like crack the lobster. It's not, it's yeah. not really, you're not really missing anything. I don't really like lobster meat. So just I would say so. Okay. I think lobster's I overrated. It. People think it's like a delicacy because it's like, it's associated with wealth. But I don't really find yeah. the meat that good. You know, it's not that good. I like it mixed with some stuff. Crab, mm-hmm. ma- I mean, lobster macaroni and cheese. Lobster rolls I like. Is there a huge difference difference between... Um, lobster meat and crab meat? Yeah. Um, uh, I think lobster is a little tougher. Okay. You know, um, but I'm not really blown away by lobster meat. So hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you should try them. You might, I might be wrong. You might be, you know... Uh, Might be more privy to killed it for lobster. I don't, I don't want to now. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to crush your dreams like that. But <clears> a lot of people, dream, but yeah, you know, whatever. A lot of people think lobster is like fancy, and it's not. But anyway, you know. But when you think like that, you keep the price up. So let's change the mentality mm-hmm. on that and get the fuck out of here about you know, <laughs> lobsters fancy and it's the it's the it's the epitome of lavishness and whatever all that bullshit because it's just it's mid honestly. Um, but anyway, another story to touch on: uh, uh, a family member of one of the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer has come out maybe on social media or something, I don't know, made a public statement saying, which is, this is crazy, but this is to be expected. We talked about this. There are people dressing up like Jeffrey Dahmer for a Halloween season. Oh. And she's saying, and she's, she's the, the, the family member said it's very triggering and yeah. um, that, she, that she doesn't like I'm, it. And, I'm, I'm absolutely, 100% not surprised. Oh, I'm not, surpri- I'm not surprised either. <laughs> you know, we like we said, we discussed it. This became kind of like in the zeitgeist. It's a popular thing. People are going to emulate it. But I feel like we should also call it out. 
So yeah. uh, there was a TikToker who was doing TikToks dressed up like Jeffrey Dahmer for comedy's sake, for his comedy's sake, and he got some backlash. I hope he gets more backlash because we can't normalize. He's a real guy, man. But did it go real. viral though? Oh yeah, and and you get talked about either way. Like exactly. in the story that I'm telling telling you about, I saw it on Baller Alert or one of those kind yeah. of gossipy things. That it was like the family member of one of the victims says they're triggered by somebody dressing like Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. And yeah. then when you scroll the panels of the pictures that they use for the story on Instagram, one of the pictures is the a person dressed like Jeffrey Dahmer, their Halloween costume. Yeah. So now so they made it on Baller violent. Alert, 50,000 likes or whatever on yep. the thing, a bunch of comments like your picture that you took for Instagram is on the news and you're talked about and you probably got reached out for interviews and you're probably saying, it's just a joke. Like I just thought it was a fun costume to make. And now, but now you're like getting talked about on the news, and now you get to go to your friends and go, "It's crazy!" Like I don't even want to talk to the news, but you have an interview at five o'clock. Yeah. I I roll like you don't want to do it, but you like the attention. You can pay for that. Those interviews? Mm, no, typically no. No. Oh. Yeah, I guess it depends on the interview. But most interviews don't pay people. No. Really? No. Yeah, most interviews don't pay, don't pay people. But yeah, it's crazy. I I didn't. I'm not surprised, but it is wild uh, how much that kind of took the world by storm. That Jeffrey, it, well, no, it, I'm not surprised. It speaks to how much people have a fascination with serial killers and death, and why the true crime space is like a billion dollar industry, and you know, people buy true crime mugs, and you know, why there's such a market for it because there are people that are fascinated with it. But it's not just that, though. We already talked about. It's not even just the people in true crime. It's just oh, it's gone it bigger. Hot. Than that. Yeah, it yeah, it's, it's the most was, popular thing yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the popular TV show right now. So, but yeah, um, anybody that's listening to this, maybe don't dress like Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. Like it's distasteful. You could offend people. So why do it? If you really have a love for justice and victims and victim advocacy, and that's why you like true crime, then don't do that. So that's what I'm gonna say. Dress up like Michael Myers. I mean, you know, he's a killer. He's fake. You know, I don't know. Like, there's a bunch of fake people that are scary that you can dress up as. Dressing up like a real person is distasteful. Yeah. Because you're glorifying them. Like, so don't. How about no? But how do you... But do you wear a name tag? So, you, or is just like, who are you? you like, if, if somebody like if somebody dressed up as De- Jeffrey Dahmer, it's like, obvious. It's a pretty obvious costume. Or if somebody doesn't know, then they don't. Well, know. somebody haven't seen, they go like, so who are you? And I just dressed like, up like Phoebe Bridgers. People didn't know, but those who know know. And Jeffrey Dahmer's, it's it's a hot. Guy. If you dress up like Jeffrey Dahmer right now in 2022, right now, people know who you are. The glasses are very distinctive. It's a, it's a, it's a it's an easy costume right now. People are gonna know. Nobody's gonna be like, what are you like a nerd? Like people know who you are. So, it's, it's like you said, it's the, highest, it's the most popular show in the world right now. Kinda. Yeah. So, people know. I don't think you need to wear a name tag. I guess you could try to be funny and put a uh, my name's Jeff type of thing on there, but people know. And so, don't do that. What is the shittiest costume you ever wore? I ever wore? Yeah. Ooh. Should I tell this story? I've told this, I've, I've told this story a couple of times, but not on, not on air. Um, I'll tell it. Uh, it was a uh, few Halloweens. It was... few? Oh, man. I was 19... I was 20, mm-hmm. maybe 20, maybe 21, 20 or 21. Um, I, there was a Halloween party at a bar that I go, I used to go to a lot when I was young mm-hmm. and because they used to let me in illegally. Um, got you in a couple of times. Um, I, I had just broken up with the girl and we, my buddy, JJ, mm-hmm. he had just broken up with a girl too. We both got dumped. Mm-hmm. We both got dumped by girls. Let's be, let's, <laughs> let's, let me clear it up. We both had got dumped by girls, yeah. and JJ was like, he came in one of those pep talks like, 
you know what, man? Nobody's going to steal our joy, man. Come out. It's Halloween. We're uh, going to turn up. We're going to talk to girls. It was like he gave me like a pep talk. I was like, you know what, man? You're right, man. I don't need to be sitting around wasting my night. Uh, I'm going to go out and party. You know, I was like, Usher, you don't got a call. So uh, I I dressed. I was like, all I have is like a dress shirt and some dress pants and uh, like rings. Mm. He was like, yeah, we could be mob guys. So I put on a white shirt and a tie and some black pants, some dress shoes. Made some jungle juice in the basement, like vodka, fucking Kool-Aid, Hawaiian punch, mm -hmm. rum, all in a one, big jug and put it and got in my car and drove. Cause like, I don't have money to pay for a tab. Yeah. I'm 20. So I got to the bar in the parking lot, chugged the thing like a fucking tump, like a fucking mini cooler. It was all mixed. Yeah. It was a mixed drink, but it was a bunch of different stuff. Okay. Mick drunk it in the parking lot, went, met up with Jay. We're talking. We go into the bar. We're hanging out, having a good time. Um, we come out. JJ wanted to go full mob. He was like, we're like mob guys. Mm -hmm. So he brought cigars. Okay. I had never smoked a cigar. I haven't smoked a cigar since this night. You'll know why in a second. So we go outside. He, he lights a cigar. We're like, yeah, man, you know. He's got rings on and shit. Mm -hmm. I got the rings on. We're doing like fake like, you know, this fucking guy. You know what I mean? This fucking uncle. You know, mm. you're doing that type of shit. And he passes me the cigar and I, I'm hitting it up, but I'm inhaling. I mean, you're not supposed to inhale. You're not, letting, you're not supposed to inhale a cigar. <laughs> but I had only smoked weed and like a couple of cigarettes yeah. in my life at this point. So I thought you smoke a cigar like you smoke anything that you smoke. So I'm hitting it. I'm like, this is kind of harsh, man. Damn. It's all thick. Cigar yeah. smoke is very thick and it's, oh, it's disgusting, right? So I'm inhaling it and shit. I feel like if it was a cartoon probably two minutes after I did this, my face would have turned green. Mm -hmm. Like I like was physically nauseous mm -hmm. from smoking the cigar. Like it accelerated the alcohol, everything. It went left. I get a call from my ex-girlfriend while we're outside smoking a cigar. And you know me at this point in my life, I was like, <laughs> we don't need to go into what I was, but I got the phone call. I was like, yeah. Hey I got to go. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah, this yeah. has been fun. I know you gave me the pep talk and everything, but I'm going to go ahead and skedaddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just invited me over to her house, yeah, her yeah. friend's house that the, the Halloween party that she's at. And you jump skipped. Oh, what? Yeah. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much ran in my car. Yeah. I was and I as I'm running I'm like, "Jay, love you, bro. Like this was so fun." Like yeah. I just left him at the bar. I get in my car, I was driving the Jimmy at the time. Mm -hmm. Hopping the GMC Jimmy. I'm I'm swerving through the lanes, getting up the but while I'm driving, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. So, but I'm on like a, a road that's like residential neighborhood, but one long main street, mm -hmm. York road for people who live in Baltimore. So I'm driving on York road. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I start swear. I start turning the car. Cause I'm like, I'm going to have to get out and throw while I'm turning the wheel. I'm like doing like one hand swerve, other hand swerve. Like I'm turning the shit out of the wheel yeah. while I'm turning the car to turn into like an off street in mm -hmm. a residential neighborhood. Wah! I throw up like a, the poltergeist <laughs> on the inside of the windshield. Ew. Like, like, like I had, a, it was like, if, if you watch SNL, like I had a hose on the side of my yeah. mouth. It came out projectile. Yeah. All on the, the window, the windshield, the vents on the dash. Mm -hmm. It got on all of that, but it was like, you know, peach juice and, Hawaiian punch and rum and vodka, mm. just like it all came up all over the windshield. Me, and I'm on myself too. But me, I'm like, I still got to go though, right? I got to, so I called Jay. Jay, man, like I just, <laughs> Jay, I just threw up all over myself, man. Can I go to your house? Because JJ, you know, Jay, he's always like the technology yeah. savvy. He had the door, this was like 2012 or something. He had the door with the code on it mm -hmm. then. Mm. Now, you know, it's popular now. Yeah. He had it then. 
So I was like, Jay, you gotta, can I go to your house and like borrow some pants or something like that? He was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you can fit my pants because he was real skinny and I was mm-hmm. probably like 185 at the time. Um, but I, he, he's like, yeah, the coat is do do So I go to the driver to his house, put the coat in, go up to his room, couldn't find any pants that fit. I put on some basketball shorts that had paint on them. Mm-hmm. So now I have on basketball shorts that have paint on them, a dress shirt, a tie, dress shoes, and dress socks. I look like a crazy, like a crazy person. I look like a crazy person. Right? Yeah. But I'm like, still got to go. You know, yeah. like I can still, I'm like, got to salvage this relationship, whatever the fuck. So I hop back in the car. I drive to her house mm-hmm. or her friend's house, go in the party. It's like awkward. Like, you know, like it was not really. It was a party. Yeah, it was like a kickback. It was oh, probably like 10 and people. you dressed like an asshole. Like a straight up asshole. I think my somebody might even be like, so like, what? What are you? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, well, I'm like a mob guy, but I, somebody spilled a drink on me. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm getting fake mad. Somebody spilled a drink on me. Uh, oh, somebody yeah. spilled some beer on my pants. So I had to change in the pants. Uh, I was at a really cool party before I came here. You know, they, they spilled some Dom Perignon on my pants. Like people were popping bottles. So I had to change out of the pants, mm-hmm. but it's whatever. So anyway, I get there. The ex is like, it's like not, it's not, it's like weird. But she's like, can you drive me and my friends to Taco Bell? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure. Now, mind you, I just threw up all over the inside of my car. Mm. I guess I cleaned it up a bit, but it still smells like throw up in the car, <laughs> like tremendously. Yeah. So I get in the car and it's cold because it's October. So it's, it's October. Uh-huh. So I got to turn the defrosters on because the windshield is froggy. Uh-huh. So I turned the defrosters on. Now it's blowing the. <laughs> the smell all over the car, right? <laughs> so I'm driving to the Taco Bell. Yeah. We get in the Taco Bell. If anybody knows Taco Bell on Halloween, it's like midnight. The line is outside of the the, the confines yeah. of the parking lot of the Taco Bell. We're on the street, basically. Uh. So it's a long wait. So now we sit in the car. The uh, vents are blowing. There's fucking smell around. And I can see in the rear view mirror. I can, she's got three friends with her in the back. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting in the front. Mm-hmm. And I can see them kind of being like, hmm. Like, got, got their lip up to the nose. Like, hmm, <laughs> something. What is that? And then somebody goes, What's what's that smell? Uh, <laughs> one of the, like a small one of her small girlfriends, you know, uh, that friend with that voice that like just hurts your feelings. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like it was like so disgusted by the inside of my car. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's like the parking lot of uh, Taco Bell. It's crazy. Like it smells weird over here. I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway, we get through the lot, get the food or whatever. Go back to her house. She eats the food. She goes upstairs and she goes to sleep. I never saw her again after this night. I abandoned my friend. I went over there, made an ass of myself, put people in my car with the car smelling like throw up, got chastised about the car smelling, <laughs> lied about the car, yeah. the smell of the car, and I was dressed like an absolute goof. Yeah. Went home and was like, I'm a, I should fucking jump off a bridge. Yeah. I was like, I was like, this is the most loser shit. Yeah. What a wasted night. I was having fun with my friend. I could have thrown up in the bathroom, rallied, and still been at a, f- a fun bar and had a good night. Instead, I ended up in front of an ex with basketball shorts with on with paint on them, yeah. a, sh- a dress shirt, a tie, and dr- loafers. And people being like, what the fuck? What are you? And I had to be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a mob guy. So and to answer your question long-windedly, that was the worst <laughs> costume I ever put on in my life. It was uh, a mobster basketball player. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was crazy. That was the most loser shit I ever done in my life, bro. You know, I no, I pride myself like, on not doing <laughs> loser shit, but that was like, I, even in the moment, I was like, why am I? Here? Why are you doing this? Why are you driving this no, girl? Why did you come here to take this girl to Taco Bell? <clears throat> what are you an Uber? An Uber wasn't even a thing yet. Yeah, I was the first Uber. Yeah, you was the Uber. I was the <laughs> I was the f- <laughs> Uber. I was a, I was I was a Uber. She called me. He's like, this dumbass motherfucker, come take us to Taco Bell. I'm too drunk to drive. Hey, can you come over <laughs> to the house and you want to take? Oh, let's man. talk. I want to talk to you. Went over nah, there real quick. What? Man, big time. 
biggest loser. The biggest loser, bro. What about you? You ever worn a dumb costume? Uh, I remember one time, uh, shout out to my boy Nick. Slash embarrassing. Uh, you want to balance yeah, yeah, the scales? Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, shout out to my boy Nick. We, it was a time where it was like, we was getting, maybe we was like, we wasn't driving yet. Mm-hmm. So, maybe like 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, it was an age where it's like, we wasn't buying costumes. Like he sure. wasn't. Yeah, he yeah was it was too like, old. Was felt too old. old right? yeah, so it was that. like it was one of the nights where it was like we was just hanging out with some people around the around the neighborhood and it was like, let's go get candy. So from the store? No, from like this is Halloween night. Halloween. Oh, you guys day. went trick or treating. We went trick or treating. <laughs> so we went out. You know, this is the time we was like we had book bags. We was gonna wear book bags, right? Mm-hmm. So we go out and it was like we don't have a costume now because yeah. then some people would go like you don't have a costume you don't, you're not getting no candy yeah. and if we like and you're grown and we, yeah exactly <laughs> teenagers was like we was like oh we gotta find costumes and then we was like I was like man I don't have a costume let's just try to think of something so uh, Nick was like let's be bums right <laughs> let's be homeless people and I go how the hell a classic po- costume yeah, rub like, some just, soot on your just, face just go get some some, some raggedy clothes to on so mm-hmm. I said alright I went in there and grabbed like and then I'm like now I'm like I'm also getting taller but I'm Straight up and down, uh-huh. so like I got some jeans that was like high, <laughs> rip had some you know some dirt stains on them. I got uh, like a t shirt, yeah, white t shirt, fresh. Mm. I'm like, man, I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. So I told my brother what the plan was. He was like, all right. He like went outside and like stomped on it, like, <laughs> rip holes in it. So I had boot prints all on his stuff. And then I had like I, I grabbed some old basketball shoes that like uh-huh. ran through holes in them, and yep. then we was just bumming up. Like, we we gonna be home. We gonna be bums yeah. today. So we went out. People asking what we are. You know, we we just bums. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Just so we got that so many times. It was like, and then Halloween night was cold, right? So uh-huh. I got a hole cold. in my shoe. I'm cold. I ain't wearing no jacket or none. We out there. I'm freezing. You live in the, you're living the life. You did an immersive experience like a, a real life of a homeless person. Yeah, man. Yeah. We we walked. We walked a, a ton. We ended up going out of the neighborhood. We yeah. ended up walking to where, like, uh, like where it was a haunted house. We went, we walked there. We were on the street because this is, there was no sidewalk. Yeah. So it was like, it was like a VFW. So it was in like a back and woods and shit. Uh-huh. So we're like, let's go, let's walk up there. We walk up there and then uh, you had to get, you had, you needed tickets to get in. Get us a haunted house. So we was like, we don't got no tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we just going, we're going to try to like Sneak finesse in? it some way. Oh, wow. So we tried to do that. Committed. And people were like, no, you don't got, you don't got tickets so you can't get in. We like, all right, damn. Get out of here. So we just. I keep telling you yeah, homeless people yeah. not yeah. you so really we just, the life of We kept trying. Person. Yeah. We kept trying, making a scene and then like. They had a guy there that uh, that was outside walking around, uh-huh. just scaring people. Yeah, but we didn't know. Sure, right? So we you know, make fun, like make fun of people, all kind yeah. of stuff. Even though we like bums, yeah. make fun of people. And a guy come out of nowhere with a chainsaw. But it was like when they use the chainsaws, they no take chain the chain on. off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, but we don't know. Yeah. So we talking, laughing. Hey man, pushing each other, taking <laughs> taking candy, throw, eating candy, Reese's and stuff. So a guy come behind us. Wait, man, we haul ass. We haul ass down the street. Just ran away and Snow never came sidewalk. back. We lost ton of candy. Candy <laughs> coming out the book bag. My book bag had no zip on it. It was broke. So I just man, you really was, committed to the bit of being <laughs> yeah, a homeless man. person, man. Damn. We lost hella candy, man, and that guy chased us. Oh, he was chasing y'all for he a bit. He was chasing us for real because we was up there acting crazy, he being dicks. Yeah, it was yeah. like we don't, we not supposed to. We don't Steaks got no for money. the candy kid. Yeah, Take candy out of kids' bowls. Chainsaw, but I never forget like. Us coming up with the idea, like, let's just be homeless people. Mm-hmm. And we just went after it. Went after it, man. And went out and went, we're, we're and dicks. It was freezing, man. I'm yeah. surprised I didn't get like frostbite on my feet. I yeah. had like a hole in my shoe. Yeah. It's crazy. I respect you for kind of, yeah, you lived the real experience for a little bit. You it was fun, to- though. It's one of them nights where you was at, growing up, you go, like, damn. Yeah, fun night. Fun night, man. Yeah, I miss nights like that. <laughs> my story wasn't a fun night. 
It started off fun. Yeah. It got real sad real quick. Yeah. Shout out to anybody out there that does a pitiful go over to your ex house yeah. over on a Halloween type of. It's nothing worse than getting embarrassed and you in a and you're in a dumb costume. But that was on par for you. During that time, that was. Yeah, no, we don't got to get into it. Yeah, we don't, don't got <laughs> I was in my scent bag, man. Oh, man, my 20s, early 19, 20 years old. Man, I, oh, man, no, I got to go, friend. What do you mean? We're having dinner. I know, but, I, you know, I got to go. You know, she told me I've, I've been summoned. I got I to <laughs> go, bro. Love you, though. No, it was good times. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into these shout outs before we take a break. Oh, yeah, it's time to get into these shout-outs. I want to start off first by giving a shout-out to Rachel D. Rachel, uh, I got your message. My apologies. I don't really know what happened. If we did say give you your shout-out or not, but, hey, it's been rectified. Much love and appreciation to you. Let's kick things off with her. Up next, we're going to give a wonderful shout-out to Gillian or Jillian L. I don't really know if that G is hard or not, but I'll tell you like this. I bet she's a hard G. I can tell by her picture that she probably has threatened a couple people in her life. Anyway, so if it is a hard G, shout out to you. And if it's a soft G, she's still a hard G. Up next, we got Irma E. Irma, that's a throwback name, friend. I haven't. That's an old name, like a Virgil or like a, a Guinevere, something like that. You know, so shout out to Irma. Keep doing your thing out there. Yeah. Uh, much love and appreciation to you. Up next, we got Mick F or MCF. Maybe those are initials. I don't really know. Mick F. Mick F. Shout out to McF. I'm going to call you McF. Even if that's your initials, I'm going to call you McF. I like that better. Shout out to you, McF. Thank you for the support. Much love and appreciation to you. Up next, we got Larna. No last name. Kind of reminds me of Larna Dune. Great cookie. Um, so if you like cookies, maybe you're sweet like a cookie. I don't know. Thanks. Uh, up next, we got Amy P. Shout out to Amy P. Much love. Shout out to you. We, we love you. We support you. We think you're thriving in life and your hair is bouncing. Keep it up. Up next, we got Amanda H. Shout out to Amanda H. Miss Amanda if you're nasty. Lastly, we got E. Just E. So I don't... That's that's all I got for it. It's the letter E. So uh, shout out to that person. Shout out to E. They know what they are. Well, in the email, it says Emily. So shout out to Emily. We uh, love you. And thank you so much for the support. We hope you're enjoying the content over there. Colttober is going strong. Got a couple episodes, some new episodes of Colttober on there. And what I will say before we, got, before we go to break, I can't really get into details, nor can Fran. One, because Fran wasn't there. But uh, Unfortunately. Unfortunately. We yeah. can't get into details about it. But all I'm, I'm going to say this, Fran, and... and, and it's, it's fun. I'm excited. But uh, yesterday's price <coughs> is not today's price. Yeah. That's all I'm. Gonna, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna say anything else. Uh, we had a really, on a serious note, we had a really fun experience. We did a fun thing with some friends recently. Should be coming out in the next couple of weeks, and Fran will be involved in it the next time that we do it. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. We'll keep it vague in that yeah. way. But uh, keep your ear to the streets. Something fun's coming everyone's way really excited about it and when i told you guys last week about the patreon getting on there and content and coming and all that type of stuff you don't want to be on the bandwagon late you don't want to be a bad a bad bunny fan right now last minute you're late to the party you want to get to the party early show up maybe help put some plates down put the tapestries up on the wall put the pen to tail in the donkey game game up you know you want to get to the per party nice and early so you you know you got some status well the time is running out because the party's about to be in full swing. Yeah, man. I'm going to leave it at that. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, and we are back. Fran, uh, this week... I'm covering a story that is very popular as far as what we do. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it. I think we uh, talked about the, a documentary on, on Serial and Serial back in the day, but we've never covered it actually on Affirmative Murder, even yeah. though we've referenced this case a lot, referenced this story a lot. Um, we've never actually done it because, I don't know, I just felt like, I don't know. I don't really yeah. know why, but it hasn't been done yet. But today is the day. Yeah. But shout out to the listeners that. That's been that's been that stuck around this long. They've been like, oh, I remember them doing that episode. Yeah, because that was a while back. You had to be yeah, one I mean, of the OGs. Cereal, cereal. Yeah, to let's bring it. I, I, I can't I can't wait till we're in a position yeah. where you don't where you can say birds up to that job. Yeah, man. And we just got plenty of time. Bring back yeah. cereal and cereal. So many things that I really enjoyed doing and would love to start them up again. Yeah. With new with new eyes and so much time has passed. Yeah, and yeah. We've become better at this. I think we'd For be sure. better at a lot of the things that we did early on. Cereal and cereal being one of them. But, hey, man, we was pumping. I think it, out, it was man. ahead of it just, the time, man. We was pumping them out. We was pumping out so much people. We was pumping out the content, but it was like, hey, man, we uh, it's, it's unsustainable, bro. <laughs> we going thin doing yeah, it. We <laughs> trying to do this. It was an unsustainable speed, man. We just like, sometimes we bite off more than we could chew. Yeah, and yeah. in that regard, that was one of those situations. Yeah. But I would love to bring back cereal and cereal sure, one yep. day. Anyway, uh, this week I'm doing the story of the Cleveland Strangler, Anthony Sowell. Mm-hmm. Very po- like I said, very popular, especially after the, on the heels of the Jeffrey Dahmer story. A lot of questions come out. I mean, you said you saw a lot of it on Twitter. Like, are there any black serial yeah. killers? Every time. Any? Yeah. So Every time. this is probably one of the most popular o- along the lines of Samuel Little. Who kind of became the most popular the black? Yeah, he became the most popular yeah. and well, like name recognition ser- black serial killer ever, very quickly. But before him, I would say the the story that grabbed me the most and shocked me was the story of Anthony Sowell, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Strangler. So I'll get into that right now. So Anthony Sowell grew up in the Cleveland area, and he lived a normal life, but complained about abuse from his mother. But this was never. Um, confirmed, you know, because people can say stuff happened, but you can't really confirm it for sure. Mm-hmm. He was tired of his rough life at home, and he signed up to join the Marines at the young age of 17, and he was shipped off to boot camp not long after he enlisted. After serving seven years, he was honorably discharged after receiving numerous awards for his services. His first serious conviction happened in 1989 after inviting a three-month pregnant friend over for some drinks. He overpowered her, tied her up, and gagged her. Mm. He then proceeded to rape her numerous times before trying to strangle her to death. Fortunately, his attempt was interrupted, which ended up sparing the woman's life. Damn, good yeah. she got away. Exactly. Three yeah. months pregnant. Whew. Heartless. He was later convicted of this crime and served a prison sentence until he was released in 2005. 
So he served about 15, 16 years. After his release, a report evaluating his danger to society determined that if he was to be released, he would likely repeat his sexual offenses. Mm -hmm. On September 1st, 2005, officials concluded that it was unlikely that Sowell would commit further crimes. So how did they make that judgment? Somebody gave their evaluation and said, this guy's dangerous. But then the parole board or whatever were like, eh, let's roll the dice on that. So, so he was released. In December 2008, So, but one thing that's interesting that we will get into is one lesson that comes from this, especially if you're a sexual deviant who doesn't change, is one lesson that you learn, and I've seen time and time again with stories like this, one of the biggest lessons you learn is, oh, I'm going to finish the job next time. You know, like, that's yeah. one lesson, like, it'll always be like they attempted to murder somebody or they sexually assaulted them, but then let them go. Once you go to, when you get caught in a situation like that, one lesson that a lot of these guys learn is, don't leave a witness. Yeah. I'm not going to leave a witness. So, and that's when things escalate and get way worse. Yeah. And in this case, it did as well. So in December, 2008, Sowell invited a woman that he had met at a corner store over to his home to have some drinks. She declined. Sowell responded by punching her in the face mm. and knocking her to her feet. He then dragged her unconscious body back to his home. And then at, when she woke back up. Back to his home. Mm-hmm, Cause he lived. It was like a, it was like a neighborhood. So he knocked her out in front of a store. And dragged the home and, 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 uh, I don't Outside? Think was, yeah, I don't think it was broad daylight. Oh. But even it couldn't if, have been. Yeah. yeah, it couldn't have been broad daylight. But either way, he knocked That's her out, dragged her home. When she came back, when she came to, he demanded that she take off her clothes. And the woman escaped his house, ran down the street, saw a police officer, alerted the officials, I mean, <clears throat> alerted officers about what happened. And Sowell was arrested that night on an attempted rape charge. But the woman, who was afraid for her life, declined to press charges. Wow. So on September 22nd, 2009, Police stopped by Sowell's home to make sure that he was still living at the address listed on his sex offender's registry list because he had to register as a sex offender. Unbeknownst to them, there were events unfolding that would later come to light on that Cleveland street. So later on in the afternoon of the 22nd, Sowell invited over another woman for some drinks and, some, and to smoke some crack cocaine, like a casual offer. Mm-hmm. After arriving at his home, he escorted her to a, secondary, to a second story room which was very dark and completely empty except for one chair, a blanket, and an extension cord. She had a sick feeling in her stomach, and she, had, and she could smell the distinct smell of death lingering in the air, but she shook the jitters off because she was a crack addict, and he was offering a solution to her vice, mm-hmm. which is such a manipulative tactic. Like, this woman is, you know, drowning in her addiction, so she can smell death in the room, but she's like, but I got to scratch this itch. I have a problem. And this guy's offering me a solution. So after finishing a couple of drinks, she said that Sowell became, an, became angered and punched her in the face. He then took the extension cord, one of the like three items in the room, and he began to strangle her with it at the same time that he was also raping her. Mm. She passed out, but Sowell continued to attack her. And when she woke up in the empty room, she feared that Sowell was going to kill her. She pled for her life. She swore she would not tell anybody what happened, and she even offered to pay him money if he let her go. Wow. And for some reason, he decided to let her go. Really? Mm-hmm. I think he believed her, I guess. He was like, you swear you won't say anything? All right. I would be shocked that that worked. I mean, I, I would yeah. run. I would like, book really? It. Oh, I would book it so fast. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't give you a chance to change your mind. So this victim did not go straight to the police. However... She waited for almost a month before telling, it, before telling the authorities what happened. And on October 29, 2009, 
Police went to Sewell's home with a warrant for his arrest, but he was not home. They looked through the windows and noticed two lifeless and deteriorating bodies in the living room of the home. Dude, Just looking through the window, you can wow. see. Oh, his house Just was terrible. There. The house was terrible. I'll get into it, I think, as in my notes. But yeah. they could smell the house. The whole block. The whole block yeah. smelled like death. Mm-hmm. And they thought that the convenience store across yep. the street, Remember that. they thought that their freezer was broken. Yeah. And they blamed them and got that store almost shut down. Or yeah. maybe it did get shut down. I can't even remember. But they And it was that store was owned by like some Middle Eastern people. So they were blaming them and racism came into play about them. And they thought that their store was making the whole neighborhood stink like rotting meat. Yeah. But the police came to serve a warrant for this attempted uh, murder on this woman. And they saw two dead bodies in the window. Of the living room, not even hidden anywhere. So, I mean, it was the same. After making their way into the home, they called for investigators to come help look, for, look around the house for clues about the bodies. When investigators arrived on the scene, they had the, the very difficult task of going through this disgusting house and looking for clues about the women's deaths. After searching more, they found the decayed remains of four additional women throughout the home, wow. including one buried in a shallow grave in the basement of a crawl space. Shit. So they located Sowell two days later, and when he was arrested, they charged him with the death of six unidentified women. Mm. Within days of continuing to search the home, they found three more bodies buried in the backyard and the remains of a fourth. So what's that, 10? Yes. Where at six, they found... Three more? No, three more. Nine. Right. And then yes. he found additional ones. Well, they found, found the remains. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, ten. Ten, yeah. Yeah. The last victim found was nothing but a skull located in a bucket inside the house. Wow. Which brought the tally up to 11 victims. Not it's to mention- for a while then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Damn. to mention how many women he sexually assaulted and then they got away. Yeah. You know, so you talk about people that he killed, they could only confirm 11. But women that he assaulted, almost killed, got away- Maybe before he was killing them. So this and this goes back to 1989. Who knows how many women he was raping or had raped yeah. before he turned into killing them? This guy is a sick. And he was living in there. He was living Eating in the home shit, with all this chilling. stuff. Eating, yes, he, uh, skulls and buckets and de- decaying bodies all around the house and everything. He would come. He'd bring people there. Bring probably, he probably was immune to the smell at that point. Probably just like I don't know how you become immune to a smell, but I guess so. What him? Yeah, I mean, clearly he was, he was immune to the smell because the smell, he was living there. But yeah. it's crazy. I'm you saying said, I don't know how. Right, I can't fathom. Right. Let me change my words. I can't fathom how you become immune to a smell. Right. I'm talking about him. He's this dude is yeah, stepping out yeah, of his mind. He's yeah. Like, well, he, if you see his picture, he has a really small nose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Like a little mouse. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a mouse very yeah. much so. Terrifying. So the remains were analyzed as police looked over the missing uh, people report. The missing people reports because there are 11 of them to determine and identify Sowell's victims. And by November 5th, they started to make progress as two victims were identified. And over the next few months, police were able to identify all the victims. They were all black women from the area surrounding Sowell's home, mm-hmm. whether they were addicted to crack cocaine, yep. sex work, homeless. Like he, you know, he would, he would make the same offer every time. Would you like to come to my house? I have some crack. I have some beer. I'll, I'll pay you to have sex with you. He was, he was preying on these women's desperation. Yeah. And that was an easy way to get them to his home. And we talk about this a lot, how there's, you know, these inner city neighborhoods are littered with women and people who are in dire situations. And people like this, predators, can come along and manipulate them and take advantage of their, you know, unfortunate situ- situations. So in August of 2011, Sewell's case went to trial. He first denied any official involvement in the, and proclaimed his innocence. But after his arrest, when police asked him about the bodies, he told them, I guess I did that. And despite his failure to remember his role in the murders, 
the evidence was stacked against him. Along with two chief witnesses, the two women that he attempted to kill in 2008 and 2009. So like I said earlier, they came back and testified against him on the stand Mm -hmm. to say he tried to strangle me and he tried to kill me, rape me. I blacked out. I woke up. I begged for my life and he just let me go. Those two women came, told their stories, and that went against them. They pointed and said, no, it's him. That's the guy. After a short trial, the jury deliberated and recommended a sentence of death. Prior to their deliberation, the judge allowed Sewell to take the stand for almost 30 minutes in an off-the-record talk about his childhood. This is where he brought up that his mom abused him and boo-hoo, poor me, my life was difficult, I was in the military, I had PTSD, all these things came into play, and you know he tried to get sympathy. Mm -hmm. But they let him talk for 30 minutes. But that, that stuff only goes so far. When you kill 11 people and two of your rape victims come up and point you out, they don't care that you were a fucking G.I. Joe. So anyway, um, despite his uh, attorneys trying to you know use that to garner some sympathy, mm-hmm. they didn't care. And so well was sentenced to death with an execution date that started in October of 2012. The only words Sowell said concerning his crimes were revealed in his closing statements on the stand where he said, the only thing I want to say is, I'm sorry. I know that may not sound like much, but I'm truly sorry from the bottom of my heart. That's such a that's like what you say if you get caught cheating or like steal from a corner store or something. I'm really from the bottom of my heart. I'm really yeah. sorry to you guys. Uh, he said, I'm really sorry from the bottom of my heart. I do not know what happened. It's not typical of me. I can't explain it, but I know it's not a lot. I, but I know it's not a lot, but it's all I can give you. What do you mean not typical? What, what do you I mean don't typically that? murder people, but it's like you killed 11, 11 people. people. You killed 11. It's pretty typical, man. Like, I don't know. That's crazy. Like, yeah. That's an insane thing to that's say. That's wild. This is so not like me. You say that after you get drunk and cuss out a friend one yeah. night. You're like, I don't usually do get that. Get in a fight or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You killed 11 people and you raped a lot of women. No, that's, like, that's, that's like you. That's all. That's you, you went do? to prison for 15 years for yeah. doing this. It's very much like you. So on December 6, 2011, Anthony Sowell's home, known as the House of Horrors, was demolished. Good. It was so bad, smelled bad. It was such a stain on the neighborhood, terrifying. People didn't walk, want to walk by it. So many horrible things happened that they demolished the entire house. Families gathered across the street to watch the house be demolished, and you could hear sounds of celebration and cheering as the machines tore down the walls of, of, the, of, of uh, Sowell's home. Police in numerous states are currently investigating murders in areas where Sowell lived between prison sentences and after his military release. Cleveland has 46 unsolved murders from around Sowell's neighborhood. So it's very much possible that he could be connected to some of these. So now it's just like, it's just an empty lot. Yeah. They're never, I, mean, I don't know. Be, I don't know about now. I don't know about like if they built somebody else recently. Made, yeah. But it was just like, it's weird to see, you know, if it fucked a lot of people up in that neighborhood for like, it'd be like single family homes. And yeah. then you just knock down one of them. That's just in the middle. It's just a gap. It's just a gap mm-hmm. there. I wouldn't be surprised if no one ever built anything on top of that land just make it a garden or something like that try to make it something beautiful for yeah, the whole neighborhood that's true. to represent it's a big ass house too uh it was, it was, it, was huge. Pretty, it was a pretty sizable house but anyway rest in peace to crystal dozier uh tashana culver lashonda long michelle mason tonya carmichael nancy cobbs amelda hunter talacia fortson janice webb kim smith and diane turner all these women were between 25 and 40, 50 years old, like, you know, um, and we're in, you know, kind of dire straits. So, uh, yeah, that was a brief uh, insight into the Cleveland Strangler. The story gets a lot grimmer. I decided to leave out some of those details um, because, like, the house was truly horrific. But like I said, you could smell the house on the entire block. Like, it, it, it smelled horrible. 
and they blamed it on the 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 store across the street from Anthony Sewell. It's right next door. It's a, it was maybe it was across the street, but it was a, it was a store right next door to his, like on the other side. Yes, on the corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that one or maybe it was. It's definitely one. that one. But they did they did make it a garden. It says they uh, did make it a garden. Gardening, gardening of eleven angels is what it's called. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful because of his eleven victims. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Anthony Sewell, man. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, it's one next door. It's called Ray Sausage. Ray Sausage. Yeah, they thought the freezer broke mm-hmm. and they thought the whole neighborhood smelled like right rotting meat. It's right next door to the house. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they thought the house. They thought the the store was the cause of the whole street pretty much smelling like rotting meat. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's dark, and that should yeah. give you a little bit of an insight on how bad it smelled. Anthony Sowell actually died in February of 2021 from some kind of an undisclosed terminal illness, maybe cancer or something like that. Um, so he he was not even like executed by the state. He he died in 2021. Uh, good riddance to him. He is an ugly person on the inside and out. And prayers to his victims' families. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. Uh, my affirmative murder this week is about the story of Ernest Martin. Mm. So on December 20th, 1982, Arnell Foster, who was a security guard, was robbed of his 38 caliber Smith & Wesson revolver um, by a black man while he was waiting um, at the bus stop in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, so Cleveland, Cleveland. Still in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. So Foster later testified that he chased the offender for a block, at least a block and a half, mm-hmm. and was able to see this guy's face, you know, that, that stole his gun. Yeah. He also mentioned that the offender's hair was in small braids as well. Small braids. So he was able to get, you know, maybe this dude didn't have a hat on, I don't know, but mm-hmm. he was able to get- A description. Description, it was close enough, maybe mm-hmm. just round of gas. Yeah. A block and a half is a long chase. <laughs> That's a long ass run, man. That's I don't lot. know what kind of shape this, this dude is in. Yeah. But he chased him. That's and like the length of the chasing men in black with the beginning Will Smith did. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a lot of chasing. And that's scary, too, to chase somebody that has a gun, your, your, your weapon. Yeah. And you never know. You can turn around. They can get tired and yeah, go, like, fuck this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not running no more. I can just shoot, you. shoot you. Yeah. So. That's, yo, you got to, for anybody out there listening, if you go and look up, this is one of my favorite moments in time. I'm sorry to cut you off. But there was a, a security guard in Atlanta. He used to wear a body cam. He was a security guard at like a shop, like a strip mall. You know, go, you know how you go into some malls and it's all small businesses. Mm-hmm. Like every every business in there is like we we do hair, we sell hats, like yeah. everything's a small business. And it was like the most violent shopping center really? in Atlanta or something like that. And he was a security guard, but he was like a RoboCop security guard. He had mace, a taser, all. handcuffs, and he was tasing people. And he got a reputation. People would be like, "Man, you crazy as hell!" He was Atlanta. Uh, man, you crazy as hell, cuz you coming here crazy. He would, man, if you got in the fight with him, he'd be like, "Man, look, I'm gonna <laughs> shoot you." And he had the body cam on. Man, he lit those people up so many times, and they they started threatening him because he had tasers. He, yeah, he had to he had gained a reputation. He would tase women in front of their kids. He was tasing grown ass men. He would take bop, shoot them. They fall. Taser was a stun gun. No, it was the one with the 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 the, the prods come out with the wires. So he comes shoot bop, shoot That's you. That's called you, a taser. Out. A taser gun. Oh yeah, I don't but, know what, that name. Yeah. what is a stun gun? That's the one in the hand. That's the same thing, I think. Oh, oh no, okay. a stun gun might be the one where you just click it in the electric bar. Okay, that's what, okay, got you, got you. Yeah, got you. Right. this was a taser gun. The got one, you. the ones police use. Right. He would shoot them. They fall down. He pop the the pop the cartridge out. Pop another one. Yeah. Who else wants it? And he was talking big shit. And they were like, shit. "Man, I know what time you get off, man. I know what time. I know what bus you're at. This guy could be dead." But there's a ton of videos <laughs> on YouTube if you look up like Atlanta security guard. Yeah. 
is hours and hours of entertainment. Mm. It's crazy how how hard he was going at this at a at a at a as a security guard at a mall. Maybe he was, was ta- stealing. Oh, was oh I'm stealing? sure they were, but oh. like it was crazy how hard he was going. Like, hey, man, was, he's what he getting paid for, man. I will, I'm not I will, dying for I this corporation. Around you. I'm not dying for this corporate for a corporation. Right. Never. Not he, dying for he the wasn't landlord like that. of this building. He wasn't like that. He's like, no, you go ahead and try to rob. You mm-hmm. go ahead and try to steal something. But he would even you try loitering. Like he was getting people for all kind of crimes. He said, look, man, I told y'all don't hang out in front of the mall. He would go tase people for that. Said, I'm guessing it's legal. It's I'm sure everything he was doing is technically it's illegal, but yeah. you, you're tasing no, it, people. It is legal. It is, yeah, he's yeah. he's being security. Right. But anyway, so this guy, he had a 38 special. Somebody stole it from him. Nobody would ever steal a gun from this guy I'm talking about. He really got tased up. Yeah, so this this dude was robbed at a, on his maybe on his way home. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. Maybe he got into a, uh, some type of fight fight because I don't I didn't see that mm-hmm. and you know what I read, but gun fell out somehow or something. Something. Mm-hmm. Or he just like bumped into us, tried some old shit, some old yeah. strategies. Like, Bump oh, my bad, and then take it, grab his gun, and just dart off and run. Slide of hand. Uh, yeah, so he was able to. He chased this man, was able to see his face, and mm-hmm. was able to. You know, give some type of description like he has small braids. I know it's a black man, and that was it. So on Friday, on February first, nineteen eighty-three, Foster was summoned to the police station to view six black ma- a six six black men male lineup to identify his attacker or his offender, whatever way, whatever one you want to use. After a couple minutes trying to thoroughly thoroughly looking at these men's faces, trying to make sure he picked the right person. Do you think they still do that? I. When I watched CSI, I watched something. They was like they look. They have them on the computer. Yeah, they, I think that when was I thing, watched right? First Forty Eight, they show them pictures of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't I don't think they, they come like up. number six. Come up, say, "Damn girl, make that ass clap," and then they got to say it. You know, each person says it. And you got to be like, "That's the person that said it." They they don't do that. That's what in the lineup. Sometimes they have them say stuff, or when they would do it, they would be like, "When I when I, when he when he took my purse, he said, thanks for the Christmas money, bitch.'" And so they'll be like. Number seven, come forward, say thanks for the Christmas money, bitch. <laughs> that sounds like some some Liam Neeson type shit. He gave him a note. Oh, he was like, he was <laughs> like, what? He, yeah, he was like, he he said something in Russian. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. And then he, he gave him the note. He was yeah. like, I don't know what this said. That was hard. He was <laughs> that like, shit was crazy. I can't really figure out. My, uh, somebody wrote this to me. Can you tell me what this says? He was beat like, the shit out of him. He said, uh huh. I knew it was you. Bah, 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 bah. Oh man, <laughs> man that Love first take. Yeah, that good, was crazy, man. man. That first take. I don't. I don't think I watched. I don't six, think I was it was like six I, yeah, takers. Yeah, after the first, first one, one don't, first one did don't, it. Just leave we don't gotta it. keep doing it, man. Just leave it. We man. did it. Damn, that's like they just be ruining shit, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he had to go through uh, the lineup, mm-hmm. figure out what man it was, and after a couple minutes trying to thoroughly looking at these men's faces to make sure he made sure he was certain like mm-hmm. that was the guy. Foster was able to identify Ernest Martin, noticing that his hair was braided. Mm-hmm. In the same manner as it appeared on the day of December 20th when he was robbed. Yes. Later, Foster identified Martin in the courtroom as the man who had taken his weapon. Mm. Martin's girlfriend, Josephine Pedro, mm-hmm. tested, testified that he had threatened her with the same gun earlier that year. Ooh. Right? Telling her that he had stolen a weapon from a security guard. <laughs> he said the whole thing? He said the whole thing. Where he got it from? <laughs> you know, hey, when you... With somebody that you trust, yeah. you tell them that. You tell them that information, I guess. He, don't, he didn't think she was going to tell switch, switch up on him like this after he threatened her with said gun? The nerve of her. Yeah. Well, some shit went down is why, why he threatened she's her? on the stand. Oh. Like, oh, you know, that same gun, this is what happened. Yeah. So, again, he, he threatened her with that gun and was like, hey, I stole it from a security guard. 
She wrote down the serial number of the gun on the back of an envelope box. The number was identical to the serial number on Foster's weapon, mm. except that the, the letter D had been pers- purposely transformed into uh, a number nine. Okay. Right? And which I kind of That's don't, enough to get yeah, him off? I don't understand this. No, no, no. Oh. So she said that. She well, you, te- changed, you changed the serial number. I guess in your mind, it's a different gun now. Yeah. yeah but every him, number is the exact same. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But she said that, she testified that that was done to make the number sequence look more like a phone number and to avoid any suspicion, which I don't understand at all. Yeah. I don't get that. Because any person who's not an idiot would go, this D, somebody scratched the line down the hump <laughs> of the D to make it look like a nine. Yeah. Weird. Nobody would go like, who, well, that's who, clearly a D. Who, uh, who a engraves a phone number on a, a gun? What? It's my grandmother's phone number. Yeah. She just means a lot to me, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. 867-5309. That's my grandmother's phone number. Yeah. And I just, I had it engraved on the gun. So I didn't, I was like, okay, well, if that makes sense to him, you know, whatever. So Josephine also, also testified that in, in the early hours of January 21st, 1983, Martin revealed that he had a plan to rob a local store called Robinson's Drugstore. Brilliant plan. You know why they call um drugstores drugstore? Why do they use I I never I could never understand that. Cuz they sell drugs. Yeah, but I I I would I don't call I guess it's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't you call, call it a pharmacy. I call them oh call it medicine. I don't I'm not calling like But you don't call it a medicine store. It, you call it a pharmacy, right? A pharmacy. Why isn't that called why why are they why were they called drugstores though? Maybe pharmacy, maybe they tested it and they were like, pharmacy sounds kind of pretentious. People don't know what it means. Drugs. It's a drugstore. It might even have been like the, pe- the people named it that, where it's like, it's the place where you get drugs. You know, that drugs, go to the drugstore. Because <laughs> pharmacy's kind of hard. PH. Is it? To some. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to judge people. Some people have a hard time saying words. I can't say rural that saying, well. Just say, I was wondering why it's called a drugstore. I, just, I say, you know, a big open piece of land. Some people say rural. Yeah. Don't say that. What? You say it wrong. Rural. Rural. Yeah. Just call it what you big piece of land. Call big it that. piece of land. Yeah. So, yeah, so he had a plan to rob the local drugstore called Robinson's Drugstore. Mm-hmm. She attempted to dissuade him, but Martin was like, man, man, look. It's a brilliant plan. Fool. I'm doing this. Yeah. It's a fool you don't plan. cooperate, you're going to have some problems. Mm. Physical problems. Yes. With the gun right. in hand when he said it. Yes. Mm. So she tried to do her best. He threatened her. Like, no. This is what we're going to do. This is how this is going down. Healthy relationship. Again, so for her at this point, she's she's doing this out of fear. Like, yeah, she's I don't kind of really don't have a choice. Um, so she's stuck in this unless she has the balls to go. Turn you turn him in. Oh, say become say rebellious no. and go. I'm not. No. Yeah. I'm leaving. Oh, she was a part of the plan. Yeah. It was like, oh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. So she was like, he was like, this is the plan. She goes, we're, no, do, we're doing no, this. No, we are doing this. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to hurt you. Put my hands up on you. Yeah. So now she's in, she's in this. Like, yeah. Fears, like, and then her being a woman. That's a good know, excuse, though. Under duress is like, that's a valid excuse in court. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, for her being a woman, she, you know, might, this, you know, if this dude is off the hook. Yeah. He could hurt me. You don't have, you don't have that carriage. Yeah. To be like, I'm not, I'm not, no. For sure. Yeah. Martin then left the apartment and returned approximately 10 minutes later with the gun he had taken from Foster. Right. So he had, this is the plan. He had a plan to rob the drugstore. Mm-hmm. He was like, we need a gun. He went out, 
and got the gun. Got the gun. So Martin constructed this plan where Josephine was going to go to the drugstore mm-hmm. to buy to attempt to buy some medicine for a cold. Good oh. plan so far. Fake yep. out. When seventy-one-year-old Robert Robins, Robert Robinson, hence oh, the name, yeah, uh, Robinson's drugstore, mm-hmm. the owner of the store would unlock the door to let her in. Yes. His plan was to okay after she let after he lets her in the store he follows he up. follows behind her, but he for, you know he thought that you know she's gonna he's gonna let you in and he's gonna forget Hold to lock the door, the door. open he's gonna forget to lock the door once you go in this guy's been living in whatever neighborhood that he feels like he needs to lock the door for a long time I'm sure I'm sure he locks the door right oh yeah him, so. oh yeah yeah and he opened his door but like okay I know she's coming I know this I recognize this face she's uh-huh. been here before yeah right so Martin wore gray pants. Tennis shoes and a waist length black leather jacket. He covered his face with a brown knit cap in which he cut the holes, cut the holes in for his eyes mm-hmm. to avoid being identified. Made like a balaclava ski mask. Yeah. Yep. Don't they don't those those got the tip? Don't some they like have a little <laughs> some of them have a little puffball on yeah, top of you look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. <laughs> I'm laughing at you, you come yeah. Come to me with that thing when you Your mouth looks all dumb, you're like, Give me the money. Yeah. So dumb little hole in your mouth. <laughs> For the mask and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Lips all like plumped looking. Yeah, yeah. Like, nah. <laughs> you don't look tough at all, man. There's <laughs> no nose hole. Right. <laughs> uh, so at approximately 12.45 a.m. So this is, it's midnight. Yeah. Right? Why is he still open? 12, <sighs> gotta get this money, man. Gotta get this money. 24-hour, front, 24-hour drug drugstore. Store. Yep. Yeah. At approximately 12.45 a.m., Josephine arrived at the store, knocked on the door. Boom, boom. You know, he know. okay, hey, how yeah, you doing? Hey. Come in. He recognized her, who she was. Mm-hmm. Robinson unlocked the door, let her in. However, he locked the door again before Martin could. Plan failed. Plan failed. Plan already. failed immediately. The plan has right. already failed. We're supposed to go in. I'm supposed to rob this dude yeah. and take whatever we can take. Now I got to try to knock on the door, see if he'll let me in to get drugs. I have a ski mask. I have a face. ski mask on my face. <laughs> and I have my my hand in my jacket. Hey, man, can you? <laughs> I have my hand in my jacket. Can you open yeah. the door? What's in your? What, why, are you, why do you have your hand inside of yeah. your coat? It's cold out here. Yeah. That's why, why, hence the ski mask. Yeah, put your hands up. And then, like, the gun falls. Fuck, <laughs> damn, man. Idiots. <laughs> yeah, so we lock the door after, you know, Josephine gains entry. Martin goes up, tries to nah, man. jiggle the door. <laughs> ain't happening. So as Robinson stood in front of the door after locking it, Martin fried two shots through wow. the door. Yep, through the door, hitting Mr. Robinson in the chest, fatally wounding him. After firing two shots, and this part is wild. After firing two shots, Martin allegedly went to the apartment to change. And came cha- back. And came back. To be like, oh my God. To like, nothing, ha- like nothing happened. Came back and, and to return to the store to finish the robbery. So he can go like, I just. I can't. I called the I police. saw the window yeah. was busted open. I just. And a, a body's laying here. And I just went in and I thought, you know, everything was free. Is that what he said? I don't think that's oh, what he said. Oh, okay. But I mean, like, he came back to where it's like, so so if anybody was to see him, he goes, oh, I wasn't I'm just, here. I'm just, just robbing the place. Or I just he, I just got here. I don't oh, know yeah, what, yeah. what happened. Yeah. My, I got different clothes on. Yeah. He, like, flipped the jacket inside out, so it's like the fur is like. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the crazy outside. lint everywhere. <laughs> on the outside. It's like, Will, it's not the Will Smith jacket from Fresh Prince. No, Brother. no. You're flip it. It's, no. like, cool on the it inside. It ain't that cool. It ain't no. that. No. So Monty Parkey. Who was an employee of Mr. Robinson mm-hmm. was in the back room the whole time, right? Plan, plan failed again. Yep. Witness. Was in the back room the entire time of the shooting. After hearing the shots and seeing what occurred, mm. Monty called an ambulance and the police. He then instructed Josephine to look 
I need you to go to Mrs. Robinson's house. They lived on the they lived on the opposite side of the store. They lived uh-huh. in the apartment behind the store. Yeah. I need you to go to Miss Robinson's house to let her know her husband. What the fuck? Shy. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck went down? So Josephine complied, and when she came back to interview with the police concerning the events, she gave them her name and her address and stated she knew nothing about the shooting or what happened. Okay. Martin was also present at the time. He also gave a statement. Basically, he was like, I don't... It, and there's no quote or nothing, but he's like, I don't know. I'm just... We were together. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Well, she was kind of like, I don't know him, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. And he's like, you know... I don't know what happened either. I yeah. just came here and she was she was all over the place. I'll tell you what I don't know is anything about a 38 special. They're like, Wait, what? Yeah. No, I'm just saying it it just looks like that yeah, was how he was shot. So Wash your jacket inside out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Style, you know, just just fashion. He got the hat flipped up. Yeah. But you can still see <laughs> like his old? holes. Yeah. <laughs> is that a ski mask? No. Uh, it's just an old I ripped it. I just ripped it. Idiot, man. <laughs> So Martin was yeah, Martin was also present and talked to the police. Upon completing his interview, Josephine returned to her apartment. So when Josephine reached her apartment, she also called her neighbor Larry Kidd. Mm-hmm. Martin returned approximately 35 minutes later, and Josephine asked Martin, Was the events that happened, was it worth it? And he showed her a pile of bills under a blanket, which he then took into the bathroom and explained that the rob the robbery netted. A whopping guess. It's a drugstore. Drugstore, man. $650. (laughs) $39. $39. Yep. Like, who even... I don't even know... What year is this? The 80s, right? 83, I think you said? Yeah, 80s. Early 83. I guess credit wasn't really a thing, but, like, a lot of medicine is, like, taken care of by your insurance provider. Like, I've never seen people go into the pharmacy and drop bank. Yeah. Yeah, on some fucking... Viagra or something, you know, like most of it is like you pay twenty percent of you pay a copay. Yep, thirty nine dollars. Wow. Yeah, man. So Martin then drove Kid and Josephine to an after hours bar to celebrate with all their money for drinks. Right, that's all the money gone. A tab for three people. <laughs> yeah, that's you paid for a night that's of it. drinking. Yeah. Not even a night of drinking, just like a round. Wow, yeah. killed a guy. So after they sat down, this part right here was like, I, when I read this part, I, I just pictured a movie scene, how this went down, right? Mm-hmm. So I picked, let me tell you how I pictured it, right? Please. So they in a bar, laughing, you know, whatever, celebrating, Shh, laughing. cheers, bang, you know, glasses. We're rich. Clapping, yeah, $39, right? I picture that Martin, they watching the news up on the, mm-hmm. there's a TV screen in the news, right? And they go, they hear the news about what's going on. Oh, man, that's right down the street. Oh, I want to know what happened. Feel sad and whatever. And then they say, you know, the guy was shot two times, right? Yeah. And they go, damn. Sad, man. We know Mr. Robinson. Yeah. And then they on the news, you know, the comment, you know, the news reporter's like, oh, you know, he's been shot two times, you know, uh, but we don't have the cartridges. You know, we can't find the, the shells or something like that. The right? case, shell cases. The shell the cases. Murder weapon. So Mr. Martin goes, Martin's dude. All right, man, I'm head out. Sorry about the news. No, it's sad, whatever. Yeah. He drops, he goes, takes a shot of his pocket, drops him on the on the on the on the bar thing, right? The showcasing? Yeah. Cause they like, I wonder, I wonder who who would do this. And he does that and, and leaves. <laughs> and then they see the cartridges on the thing. And they go, oh. and he like turns around 
It does the and Michael then, Jackson wink? It's something and like rise off into the sun. <laughs> he like leaves rise and they go, Oh, he did it. It was him. It was him. Wow. That's I don't think that's I don't think he did <laughs> I don't think that's what he did. If that's what he did, he I'm not surprised he got caught. He didn't last very long oh, out on the streets. I'm like, that would that'd been crazy. That's super crazy. That's wild. Turning into the camera like at yeah. the end of the thriller video when you committed a murder on a yeah. guy at a, at his own business yeah. is sick. Yeah, that's sick, man. That's sick. But what happened was Martin took out the two spent cartridges out of from his pocket and placed them on the table. He did do this. Yeah. And then Kid remarked, Mr. Robin got shot twice and you got two cartridges. And he goes, and Martin didn't respond to the comment at all. Just silence. Wow. I thought you just made up a scenario. No, nah, man. He really took him out. Like- he really took him out. But I took him out like, like, it, like they figured that he did it after he left the bar. Where he, else he, he like puts him on top of the money or something yeah. that he left for the tab. Yeah. No, was, Where else do you think I got $39 from? Yeah. Think money like this is just falling off trees? <laughs> so several days after the shooting, the police again questioned Josephine and Martin. By this time, the two had put together a, a story. So they had enough time where it was like, okay, oh, I'm this sure is the, the story we was going to run brilliant. with. Oh, sure. please hit me with it, please. So the story they put together was that Josephine had gone to the store to get cough medicine when Mr. Robinson was shot, and then Martin only came to the store after she had been gone for an unusually long time. So yes. scared, she's nervous. been gone too. I was scared. I had mm-hmm. to come check on her. So that was that was the story they went with. Yes. On January 29th, 1983, the police returned and arrested Josephine and Martin mm-hmm. for the murder of Mr. Robinson. After several days in jail, Josephine told the police that she had helped set up the robbery mm. by going to the store and that Martin had shot Mr. Robinson. Soon after, Martin's father contacted Josephine asking her to change her statement. And while visiting Martin in jail, Martin's father asked her again to change your statement. Uh-huh. So I guess like you looking out for her son. It's like, that's crazy for you to, yeah. to be like Don't send my son to jail don't for being my, a murderer. For being a murderer. And then be like, and then basically begging, like, please, just perjure yourself. Ch- change the story. Yeah. Please. Lie. So during the trial, the statement introduced a letter dated February 13th, 1983, where Martin asked Josephine to tell the truth and to implicate a man named Slim for the murder robbery of Mr. Robinson. An additional letter dated February 17th, 1983, in which Martin asked her again to implicate some guy named Slim, who, who was introduced into the evidence, and Josephine has continually denied that Slim had anything to do with it. Now, mm. I don't know who Slim is. There's no Government information name. about Slim. I don't know if they made this guy up Possibly. to throw off the police or to like to kind of like pause the process of yeah. you know. You can't offer up a fake person when you're yeah when you're charged with murder. Yes, or it was the one armed man, or it could be just somebody that's around the, in the, hood, the neighborhood that has the neighborhood a reputation. Where exactly where yeah. it's like like if they brought his name up, the police would go. That, that makes, makes sense. more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than these two people. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, you know, that's what I thought. Even though you both were at the scene of the crime when we arrived. Exactly. So the state also offered another letter into evidence, which had been written by Martin to Pedro when he was in jail in February 1981 for another offense. So Josephine identified the letter and read it into record. The letter asked Miss Josephine to lie for Martin and to implicate someone else for the commission of the offense for which Martin was, was charged. Now, this different is, crime. This is a different crime. So they've asked her to do this before. Exactly. 
So they have evidence that like, oh, this is not your first time asking her to change, you know, mm-hmm. a, a story. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Miss Josephine admitted for lying for Martin in a previous trial for another for another offense. Uh-huh. So they already know that. Yes. So finally, Miss Antoinette Anderson testified that she lived with Josephine for about five or six months until the middle of December 1982. During December, she heard Martin say that he was going to rob Mr. Robin's corner store. Wow. Martin threatened her as well with a gun, warning her that she had better not tell anyone of his plan. This guy leaves a lot of witnesses. Yep. So during the trial, the defense presented no witnesses, but sought to introduce into evidence written statements of Josephine and Anderson. I'm sorry, Henderson. I'm sorry. The court denied this request, finding that the written statements were inconsistent as alleged by the defense. The jury found Martin guilty for the aggravated robbery of Ernell Foster of the aggravated robbery and aggravated murder of Robert Robinson with the specifications of being the principal offender of the aggravated murder while committing or attempting to commit aggravated robbery. Mm. After the mitigation hearing was conducted, the jury recommended that he receive the death penalty. Damn. Yeah, man. For one murder? Probably also with that. Also it was like in the commission of the, uh, yeah, so in the commission of a robbery, cap- you killed a guy. That's capital punishment. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a capital murder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Damn. But damn. I did see that the investigators never found, never found the gun. Mm. And they never had any physical evidence con- connecting Martin to the crime. So it's purely a confession. So the public defender. Or a testimony. Yeah. Confession. Yep. So the, the testimony from his girlfriend, Josephine Pedro, helped seal his fate. And Martin oh. and Pedro lived together on Frank Avenue, which is about uh, a block from Robinson's Fairhill Cut Rate Foods. I, and I don't know which. I don't know if it's Robinson's Drugstore or it's Robinson's Fair Hill Cut Rate Foods. I don't know. That's the oh. two names I got. I don't know which one is which, but. You might own both. Might have been doing his thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a drugstore is just like a general term they use. Yeah, you might sell food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that might be, just be the name of the store. Yeah. Fair Hill Cut Rate Foods. Because it sounds like that's more of an original name mm-hmm. for a store. So although Martin's appeals centered on his arrest and his claims of ineffective assistance of counsel, he also attempted to introduce evidence of his innocence. Now, he went on to say that he didn't do it yeah. up until, you know, his death penalty. He was saying that he wasn't had a fair, he didn't have a fair trial. His, him and his, like, his family, his, like, his dad and his sister said that he, had a, he didn't have a fair trial and helped him basically, like, buy books to help him try to represent himself. Oh. Because he didn't, he didn't feel like he was, he had the, the team around him because he didn't have any money. Yeah. So he didn't think he had the team to support him to help him try to like try to be like the, Hurricane Hurricane Carter, Hurricane Carter, huh? Yeah. So E.J. Reeves Bay lived across the street from the victim's store and witnessed someone running away from the scene after hearing shots fired. It's definitely within two weeks of of the killing, he gave a statement to the Cleveland police describing the man he saw fleeing five ten, one hundred seventy pounds, roughly matching Martin. Approximately a month later. He told the court appointed investigator that the man was about six foot. Yeah, close still. Two, maybe three, and maybe 180 to 200 pounds. Oh, six foot two or maybe three. Yes, that's a that's a that's a big difference. That's a different person. That's a big difference. <laughs> that's not the that's not rough. It's not the I thought you were saying enough. five ten to mm-hmm. six foot. Nah. Mm-hmm. Six two, six three is a big difference. Yeah. He also stated, I know he's taller than Ernest Martin, and mm. Ernest Martin is smaller, way smaller. The state subpoenaed Reeves Bay to testify, but he arrived 
just as the jury as the jury deliberations began. Oh. The state sought to reopen its case and present the testimony of Reeves Bay, but the defense successfully ob- objected and deliberations continued. It's already done. Done is so done is can, done. Yeah. So at the hearing on Martin's motion for a new trial, Reeves Bay described the man he saw fleeing from the scene as about six foot, 200 pounds. Uh-huh. He also stated that the man was wearing a black coat, a brown mask, and sort of a hat. He testified that several minutes after he saw the man, after he saw the fleeing man, he saw Martin walking towards the scene. Uh-huh. And then he was wearing a brown, a, a brown long coat. A brown coat, but he said he was. He saw him in a lighter brown coat. Yeah, when he, when he like was it was a back. brown coat again, but, but it, it was, was a lighter. different brown yeah, coat because he flipped in his eye out. <laughs> so this description corroborated Josephine's testimony that Martin wore a black leather jacket and a brown mask with holes cut for eyes prior to and during the crime, and then when he returned to the store, he wore a long gray coat. Yeah. Now I don't know. You can't tell distance. So you can't tell height from that distance. And. It could throw you off. Yeah, but it depending on the day or whatever. He was like, she said that he had a he came back with a gray coat. He said that he came back with a light brown coat. Sure. But it's nighttime. You're, That's what I'm saying. The, it's, yeah, it's, it's midnight. Yeah. You don't you can't really You saw a guy run away. Both are dark colors, so you can't really yeah. tell. You saw a guy run away, then you saw a guy come back. I believe the lady. Yeah. So Reeves Bay gave a nineteen ninety seven deposition for purposes of Martin's habeas corpus action. He was incarcerated at the time. He insisted that Martin wasn't the man and that he that he saw fleeing the scene. During the deposition, he admitted that his cocaine addiction had impaired his memory and that he couldn't remember giving a testimony in 1983. About oh, the case. he's out. He's out. He's out as a witness. He doesn't even remember. Well, first of all, he came to it all makes sense. He, he came to court came to late court late. Shit. To still come to court when you know, like, oh, damn, I was supposed to be there at nine. Yeah. It's uh one thirty. Yeah. Let me see if they still need me. So okay, so he 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 had a cocaine addiction. Yeah. And he doesn't even remember, doesn't even it, remember. It, it. Yeah. What? I was what? I was where? I remember. Wow. 83 was a good year. I remember. <laughs> right. I remember that. Martin's allegations of ineffective assistance of counsel were rejected by the appellate courts, and the federal courts also found that there was no he had no room to be like I got a fair unfair trial. I got an unfair trial. Mm, yeah. And you know and they were against me or whatever. Mm. Hey man, you did it. We had three people. Can't count the one dude. So like three people that you know testified against you. But funny enough, though, from what you've told me so far, if they would have successfully told his girlfriend to change her story, he would have got probably got off. Yeah, he yeah. Got, yeah. They didn't have any other evidence. Yeah. And that fucking guy that across the street don't know what the fuck he was. No, talking he was about. out. He was out. So at the time of his execution, Martin maintained his innocence and compared himself to Jesus Christ. All right. Saying he too had been lied on and slandered. It kills me when... I guess that makes you like Jesus. It, it kills me when they get into the situation, they get all biblical and shit. It's like, you know... Start it's just the sanctimony of it all to be like, I'm like Jesus. Yeah. Much like the Lord and Savior, you guys are persecuting me as well right now. I yeah. feel like the nails of injustice are going into my hands and I'm being put on display in front of the world. But I will resurrect. You're like, all right, man, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You killed a guy. He he said that he wasn't responsible. And just as Jesus Christ was lied on and slandered, I have been treated the same way. Mm-hmm. I have no hatred. I know God is in control. I pray that he will forgive us for our sins, forgive the media, people watching mm. their sins and all they have done. 
Uh, he love his mom, his sister, his nephew, and tell him to take care. And God bless you all. Jesus Christ had dreads, so shake him. Yeah. Um, his last meal was a cheeseburger, French fries, apple pie, and a Pepsi. Very American. You know what? I like the simplicity of that. <laughs> no notes. I have no notes on that. Yeah. Cheeseburger, fries, apple pie, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Pepsi. That's the most commercial. Pepsi. Pepsi? Pepsi, yeah. Notes. Never mind. Notes. Pepsi is terrible. It tastes the same to me. No. Pepsi makes your teeth feel soggy. It tastes the same it's too sweet. And if they don't I have like Coke Pepsi and they say they have Pepsi, I will take uh, Mr. Pib. I'll take whatever the third option is over a Pepsi. Really? Yeah. So Pepsi, Pepsi is for people who don't, like, they don't love their family. Pepsi is like, Pepsi is not, it's, it's not good. Pepsi's delicious. Throw it in the freezer for a little bit. Oh, you like a frozen, oh. chunky, frozen Pepsi. I, no, I like it when it's like slushy. Before it get completely frozen, when it gets nice and slushy, where you can still like drink it. You know, you freeze something and then yeah, all yeah. the juice is gone. It's just ice. I got what you're saying. You get to it, it's just slushy. Oh man, just, mm. I don't drink. I don't drink soda like that. Less of ginger ale, but Pepsi. So your favorite sodas are ginger ale and Pepsi. No, I don't. What drink. are you a nana? No, 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 Pepsi. It's not my favorite. But you like a Pepsi. But I like a Pepsi. I can't stand a Pepsi. And it's so how do you sweet. say it? ginger? What ginger ale? Ginger ale. I'm sorry. It's not ginger ale. Ginger ale. Ginger ale. Ginger ale. Yeah. What are you saying? Ginger ale. That's what I'm saying. Ginger ale. Yes. What do you think I'm saying? Ginger ale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gen like a ginger rail. That's what like, you said. No, I'm I'm saying a ginger ale. No, you didn't say that. Well, I meant that. I'm no, not saying. No, can I get no, a ginger? No, no. Can you I get a ginger, ginger rail? As much as you come on me when I come over here and say salmon. It's ginger, I'm not saying it's a ginger, ginger ale. It's ginger ale. Ginger you ale. You clearly said ginger ale. Ginger ale. Yeah. It's ginger ale. I'm not separating it is what you're saying. No, but I'm not saying ginger it. ale. You are. That's what you said. Ginger ale. Yes. You said it just now. Ginger ale. You said it again. Yes. It's ginger ale. Well, I don't ale. think. I'm not. It's not like I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, yeah, it's ginger ale. I don't think that. It's just how it's coming out. I understand it's ginger dash ale. Yes. I guess it's just coming out ginger ale. We need to fix it. I, found how I, I am who I am, man. Disrespectful. It's ginger ale. Yeah. Okay, not ginger ale. <laughs> Ghetto. Jeez. All right. Uh, <laughs> he did, the, you know, the whole lethal chemicals, you know, situation. Uh-huh. And he was, you know, pronounced dead at 10. He was pronounced dead at 10, 11 a.m. On what date? I don't have the, I don't have the date here. Oh. But he was killed. He was killed. Yeah, he's. He was executed. Long gone, yeah. Again, I wanted to speak on um, just a little bit about Miss Anna Robinson, who was the Mr. wife. Robinson's of, wife. Yes. Um, so they had like a little excerpt in the the thing I read where it was like, you know, they've been married for years. Almost yeah. 40 years. Oh, wow. And there was a, I, I'm guessing she told the story. She had to tell the story because they wouldn't know this information. But she was out one day. And she bought him like a leather jacket, right? Mm -hmm. Bought him a leather coat, um, kind of like just a gift, you know. Yeah. Being married almost forty years, mm -hmm. and they said that when she bought her, obviously when she bought him that coat, it wasn't she didn't picture him having it on the way he had it, the way he was wearing it that night. Mm -hmm. So days later, oh, Ms. he Robinson, died in the coat. Miss Robinson saw. 70-year-old 70-year-old husband in that coat. Mm. But not the way she imagined it. Yeah. You know, he was his body was laying, I guess, you know, at the time when she had to go maybe identify, go to the scene. Because she lived yeah. around the around, around the, around the, the other corner. side of the house, yeah. 
Shade Girl seen maybe identify the body, whatever, the yeah. body or whatever, but she saw him with that that, that jacket on. was covered. They had used that jacket to cover his body as mm. he was he was laying with you know bullet holes in his in his chest. Wow. Yep, and mm. that was that was on the January twenty fourth. She said, and she also said that I begged him to get bulletproof glass for the building for the for that for that door. Mm-hmm. So Anna Robinson, Anna Robinson is now eighty five years old. She said that uh, it's been more than twenty years, and you know she's still you know dealing with the loss of her husband. Yeah, and she said that her husband i mean her husband was a good guy he would help people he would help people around you know around the neighborhood you know give them food on credit and you know he was just a good man and she said a life for a life that's how she felt and so she was down with the, she was, the, so she the was down with yes like you know you take a good person and he got he got to go yeah so with that you know all that happening you know that fall of after that happened you know she had to close the store down cuz she couldn't couldn't run it she couldn't run it anymore yeah. so and then she had to Move in like a subsidized housing nearby. Uh, she couldn't. And the income wasn't. Coming. Yeah, because it. She, she couldn't do it. You know, she couldn't do it anymore. Mm. Uh, so she continues to live there today. That was from this article. I don't know the year of this article, but I don't know if she's still alive now. But the store is no longer there no more. It's a. It got changed into like a gas station, which is obviously it's just abandoned now. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um. But they renamed the the street was also renamed as well. It's called like it's not renamed after him or anything like oh. that. It's called like Stokes Boulevard. You know, if anybody lives in Ohio and listens to the show, maybe mm-hmm. they would know. Um, it used to be called Cedar Avenue and Fairhill Road, and it has been since renamed renamed Stokes Boulevard. Um, and that was the story of Ernest Martin. Wow. Yeah, man. Um, it's crazy how an event can just change. Everything. Even if you're seventy, it doesn't matter. You can change your life completely. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I because he took my husband, I had to move. I, money wasn't coming. Money wasn't in, coming had to in. Sell my house. And yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, and then for him to go, I didn't do. I didn't. Yeah, do I don't know what you're talking about. And maintain that all the way till you nuts, die, man. That is fucking nuts. But yeah, man, it's the story of Ernest Martin who had a plan. He had a plan this whole time of like, I just gotta want to rob the store for thirty nine bucks. I don't know what he thought he was going to get. I thought there was a chance that he was going to rob the place for Oxycontin or something like that. Nah. Even though that wasn't a popular drug then. I thought maybe he had a better plan. But not surprisingly, I was wrong. And he killed a guy and ruined a family for for $40. Yeah, and his his plan fucked up from the jump. It wasn't even the plan. Yeah, the plan was failed immediately. It's like, like you... Oh, hello, hello, young lady. Come in. Bing. Doors closed. Oh, it's twelve forty five AM. What are you like? You just thought he's gonna keep the door open? The guy knows that he knows the neighborhood and his wife knows the neighborhood because she's like get you need to get bulletproof glass. And he just thought I was I'm just walking there and just nah. And then you shoot through the glass. That's, that's, that's then go crazy. home, change. Go home come change, back. come back, like nothing happened. Man, I can't even imagine somebody just talking to the police was like, I don't I don't know what happened. I yeah. just Yeah, yep, yep. I'm just here. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah man. So fuck that guy. rest in peace to, you know, uh Mr. Robinson. Mr. Robert Robinson. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into these good vibes.
That's right. It's time for some good vibes, folks. Um, and it is. Uh, this is uh, long overdue, in my opinion. That you know, there's still more to be done. But this past week, the uh, the people in office right now, Joe Biden and his administration, made some steps to righting a wrong that has been happening for a long time. This week, the president pardoned thousands of people convicted on cannabis p- possession under federal law. Good. Um, we're one step closer to. I don't think it'll be done in his presidency, but we're one step closer to marijuana being legalized federally, Mm. which would then mean everybody can smoke weed. Your job can no longer drug test for it. I mean, I guess technically, I guess if you do something like high stakes and they could prove you are high right now and you drive a truck or something, Mm. I guess you could still get in trouble because yeah, there's going to be some exceptions. Yeah. It's like, you can't drink on the job. Yeah. 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 But, but that's not what happens. Usually it's like you have in your system, you could lose a job if you smoke like within 30 days of, I think that's bullshit. Anyway, on Thursday, this of this past week, president Biden announced in a video statement that he was pardoning thousands of people convicted in in federal courts for the possession of cannabis. Mm. Speaking specifically, he issued, he issued full pardons to anyone charged in a federal court under the sentencing guidelines for the simple possession of schedule one drug nationwide and in DC. The New York times estimates that this will clear the rap sheet of over of perhaps more than 7,500 nonviolent drug offenders held in federal prisons. People, over close to 8,000 people in prison for nonviolent drug offenses. And, and marijuana being the drug. It's crazy. Yes. The pardon stops short of those convicted of or selling or traffic, of convicted of selling or trafficking cannabis, as well as anyone charged in, in state courts for breaching state laws. But he said to continue locking up people for cannabis makes no sense. So basically, if you were illegally selling drugs, it it doesn't you don't count. But if you were using drugs, then you yeah. get, you got a part. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But it's a step. It's a step. Yeah, it's can't be greedy. Step. It's a step. Being greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people are in prison. You know, people want to come home. Uh, but it's a step. It's a step. So you you disagree with that? Yeah, I mean, if you can sell so, weed today now legally, why are people? Why would anybody still have to be in jail for having sold weed? Retroactively let them out. You know, like I mean, you you can sell it now. So, yeah, but it's been taxed though. Sure, but you can't do it. So you're saying lock them up because they stole money from the government? They didn't pay taxes on the money they made, or like? I mean, that's illegal though, right? But that's not why they're in prison. They're in prison for selling a drug that's illegal. Right. But now people are selling that drug legally. So why am I still sitting in prison? But you still can't sell it. You still It's maybe legal, but you still can't sell it illegally. But that's not why they were arrested. They weren't arrested for tax evasion. They were arrested but for they selling But they can say drug. that, though. They can. They and can say whatever they it, want. Yeah. They can say, hey, fuck you. Sit in jail, loser. Uh-huh. They can say whatever they want. But like I said, it's a step in the right direction. I'm not here to yeah, nitpick. Man. I mean, I'm here to nitpick. You are, though. I, I am. Yeah. I'm here to nitpick, but I'm just, it's a step in the right direction. Anyway, the federal government, like, I'm going to nitpick another way. I agree with you. I'm just saying. I'm going to nitpick just... another way. Kamala Harris locked up a ton of people for weed, and she's coming out now and being like, you can't even, how are you going to lock people up for drugs? It's just weed. That's and that's. Anyway, the federal government currently classifies <laughs> marijuana as a Schedule One substance. Uh, and he said the same as heroin and LSD and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense that these are these are these marijuana is on the same playing field as those drugs, which is crazy. Um, it's kind of sweeping. It's it's the kind of sweeping move that Democratic voters have been waiting for for a long time. 
as as during the 2020 Democratic debates, it, it was almost unanimous. It was almost a unanimous opinion that the federal government should do more to relax restrictions on cannabis, particularly with the schedule being as harsh as cocaine or heroin. The pardon will remove barriers for anyone looking to apply for a credit card, mortgage, mortgage, university, employment or federal benefits. And Biden urged state governors to uh, to allow to to follow his lead. So basically, you get arrested for weed and your fucking life's ruined when you get out. Um, anyway, let me wrap this up. Sending people. He, this is a quote from Joe Biden saying sending people to jail for possessing marijuana has upended too, up, upended too many lives for conduct that is legal in many states. This was a tweet he put out, so he probably didn't write it. Anyway, that's before you address the clear racial disparities around prosecution and conviction. Today, we begin to right these wrongs. He added that there should still be uh, important limitations on trafficking and sale of cannabis. Okay. Uh, indicating that his change in position likely falls short of federal decriminalization. So boo on that. And probably steps in line with the policies laid out by some states which is that you can smoke recreationally, but you can't sell weed illegally. Yeah. Um, For thousands of families who will get to see their loved ones out of federal prison um, and freed from cages, it's an October surprise in a delightful sense of the phrase. So, yes, um, it is unlikely that, and I agree with that, I'm not surprised, it is unlikely that Joe Biden will be the person that ushers in federal decriminalization or federal legalization of weed. But this isn't a step in the right direction. Maybe you get somebody with, you know, a little bolder of a person in office. This kind of sets the precedent for perhaps that happening in the next, like, six years or something like that. I would love to see it. It's not going to be through Joe Biden, but this is a step in the right direction. Seventy five hundred people freed from prison for things that they shouldn't be in prison for today based on today's standards. And, you know, I wish it went a step further. I think if you were are in prison for selling weed and you live in a state where you can sell weed now, it's kind of a slap in the face for you, for you to still be sitting in jail. And you can find banners on websites that say, like, come to my dispensary. We sell weed here. Yeah. You know, so um, but again, step in the right direction, Fran. It's on you. Yeah, man. I'm still waiting for Maryland to legalize online gambling. Yes. I'm still waiting to do that. Mm-hmm. Think of ever, well, I mean, they've done it, but you can't do it on the app yet. That yeah. still hasn't went through the process yet. Sure. That and weed, man. Yeah. I can, well, I can get my smoke on and do my gambling on. It's pretty bullshit. I've moved on um, from expecting that to happen, and I just accept that I can't smoke weed, even though I, I think it's a great way to unwind. No hangovers. Like You the, accept the what? That it's not going to be legal and I can't do it. My job my job does random drug tests. So You don't think it's going to be legal here? It has to be legal federal. federal. Even if it's legal in, in the state. I can see it happening. But even if it is legal in the state, I still can't smoke because it, it has to be legal federal. Federal, got you. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they yeah, can still drug it. test even yeah, if it's yeah. legal here. So I've moved on. I get that. But I uh, love weed. Big advocate for, of weed. Smoke them if you got them. Yeah. Um, so mine is my good vibe is people who are more physically fit have uh-huh. a lower risk of dementia. Oh wow, okay. Um, according to a recent study, the study was one of the largest to test the, the link between physical fitness and the risk of dementia. Mm-hmm. Almost six hundred fifty thousand people who have served in the military were studied by Edward Zemrini and his colleagues at George Washington University. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who this podcast know my mom passed from dementia Alzheimer's. So, mm-hmm. and that uh, even before and after she passed, um, it was a thing. I when I went to my doctor, I was like telling what's going on. Like, hey, yeah. my fear is this. My mom had it. What are the chances 
of me getting into the chances are high because you know it's in your possibly in your genetics yeah so it's like okay what can i do to not to curve it to curve yeah, that. Yeah, i don't yeah, want to yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's like so and then reading this little being physical helps yeah helps decrease the percentage the chances of you getting it at the beginning of the study none of the participants had symptoms symptoms of dementia they were follow up they would follow up for a period of almost nine years, mm-hmm. and during that time, 44,105 of those developed dementia. Mm. At the start of the study, the participants who were split into five groups based on their performance in a, in a treadmill test, the treadmill test measured how much oxygen the participants used during exercise. The results spoke for themselves. Those in the least fit group could decrease their risk of developing dementia by 33 percent oh wow if they increase their exercise to the level of the fittest group yeah and even if they only increase their fitness of the fitness to the level of a second least fit group their risk drops by 13 percent i mean any percent is good yeah. yeah yeah man and as much as i talk about i hate my job man i know walking walking plays a big part in just being healthy christopher walking that's what they call you <laughs> Yeah, that's what they call me. They call me, call me Stephen Walking, man. S- Stephen Walking. Oh good right here. wow, yeah, not, yeah, is yeah. that a good He's one? Not, uh, yeah, Stephen <laughs> Stephen Walking. Yeah, Stephen Walking. Stephen Walking. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was pretty good. Did you catch it? I no? got you. you got no, it? I got oh, okay, cool. It. We right. can move on. All right, but um, yeah, man, the walking, getting exercise, and because I'll be at work and I see a lot of elderly folks walking. Yeah, like, man, that's that's good that they yeah have the energy to get up and. Can physically still do it for sure. Can get up and walk us, you know. Why? Because I deliver to a senior building, and man, it's just a lot like of people sitting around, sitting around, and the conversation you hear is just. I went to the doctors today and did a bunch of nothing. And it's like, oh, man. it's the saddest place. I was thinking about this. I rolled. Oh, past, it is. I rolled past one the other day, and there's the, first of all, they're everywhere. They're always outside, sitting down. Yeah, always. And you got to think about how, like, when you think about what a a, a nursing home is, you go like, wow, it's just like this person got so old that people are like, uh, can't do this anymore. We're just gonna drop you off at this yeah. building, but sometimes not even there's someone's like they call like the senior citizen buildings, where it's just like an apartment, and oh, they like have their they're just living their little simple life, they just have their little yeah, yeah living just, a little independent life. But you can't have talk. your own, you can't have your whole house anymore. No, they got bingo, they movie yeah. nights and stuff like that, and it's just like oh. the same conversations every day. I already, I already told you it's getting lit when I turn about 75, 80 years old. But imagine I might make a pit stop in one of those places and turn it up. Yeah, but I'll seven whatever mm-hmm. is different than. They're 70, It's 80. like now they just like, they just sit there. Yeah. There's no there's they're not, no they're not, phone. Playing, they're not playing 2K? They're not, no. Yes. They're not. They're outside. It's like, I'm enjoying nature nature and life while I'm still here. I'm having 2K tournaments in my house when yeah, I'm 75, man. It's different. They don't have, they're not on their phone. They're just sitting there staring. Yeah. It's like, nah. and it kind of looks sad. It goes, yeah, right. Y'all don't have. What do you do? I saw a bird today. You don't have a, you don't have a Nintendo Switch? A hand, some type of handheld <laughs> video console you can play yeah. with? Like, you just like is, smelling the air? Yeah. I'm like this. This nah. Fuck this don't that. look fun at all. Y'all don't want to play Wii Sports. Yeah, man. And it's just oh, yeah, I had to go. My foot's been hurting. Yeah. And it's like, oh. <laughs> and it's like I don't want to. It's funny. Like my grandmother is like I have like a young grandmother, so yeah. I don't I don't have those f- kind of phone calls because I know I, whenever I, you're, whenever I'm around you and your grandmother calls, it's like yeah, yeah. So it rained today. And yeah. Makes my knee hurt. You're like yeah. okay, Nana. I'm, yeah. I'm, hey, grandma, get married. Well, I'm hoping I'm around. This, and it's like. <laughs> Don't why do you why do you need to say that? Everything's Every, so grim. Yeah. 
Hope I'm around to be. I'm gonna go. You're going to be around. Don't yeah. say. T- stop talking like that. It's next week. I, I hate it's, it. It's tomorrow. I can't stand it. I can't stand when she does that. It's all the time. How you doing, Grandma? Well, my back hurts, and you know, so old, didn't get much old, sleep yeah, last the old night. Gal, the old damn. gal is not what she used to be, and I go. You're 80. I know. Uh, 90, we know. You want to talk know. about a show you saw that was nice? Well, it was a show I did like, but the lead actor died. Yeah. It's like, so all my friends are dead now. <laughs> so it's like, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Getting old, man. My it's grandmother like, calls me, cracks me up, man. She'll never. She's hilarious. Yeah, it's never. It's, it's like, how, how old are you? No. <laughs> no. No, you're not. She's like, you know, I still got it. A guy asked me for my phone number while I was at them. I'm like, all right. All right I don't got to get it on. Oh, she doesn't look her age at all. No, no, no. At all. No. Uh, yeah, so there were several uh, theories as to why exercise lowers dementia risk. Dr. Zemreni says that improving blood flow to the brain and increasing connectivity mm. between neurons may be one of one maybe one theory. Other factors include exercise lowering the risk of anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. which are which are cor- correlated with developing dementia. Mm. It's kind of sad. It's kind of scary. Yeah. So several studies have already shown how exercise decreases dementia risk. In fact, some previous studies have indicated that exercise can also help to stimulate and create new brain cells as well, mm. which is that's big. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's dope. But um, yeah, getting man, more oxygen to your brain. Yeah, go yeah. out. I heard that even if because I'm outside all day, mm. even if you don't, you're not get. So the, the the best thing to do is get ten minutes of sunlight when you first get up. Yeah, that vitamin D mm-hmm. is important. Get that. I think it's vitamin D. Right? Yeah, vitamin D. Yeah, vitamin D. And it just do some active 10, yeah. 20, whatever. You know, it's also good on a, on a nice sunny day if you have like a deck or something like that. Yeah. You go out, lay on your back, put your legs up in the air like a baby, and just spread your butt cheeks. Let the sun go right into your butt. Mm. It's a pretty popular trend these days. I bet. I think and it's called, I think it's called um, um, sunning or something like that. Mm. Yeah, you just go, because the vitamin D goes straight in through the butt and goes right into the bloodstream. It's like it's like direct injection of vitamin D. Mm. So you whatever time you're talking about ten minutes of walking around in the sun, yeah. probably three minutes of sunning your butt, and you get all the vitamin D you need. Mm. I'm just, just yeah, I won't be just alternative. I get it. Just, Good tip. Give people all the tips. You know, I won't be doing that though. Yeah, you know, don't. Yeah, I don't, make an, I don't make an ass of myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you fucking ruined time. it, man. My bad, get the man. buttons together. Get, know, the, bad, you, get the damn buttons together, it's man. It's the turquoise one. I can't get it. My bad. Those are rare, man. You can't be messing <laughs> no, those up bad. for me, man. No, man. My bad, man. That was a good one, man. You want to go again? Or you no, got, I don't right, care. Okay, you ruined right. it. <laughs> Wrap this thing up, man. I need, I'm ready okay. to go. All right. Uh, you watching your day, man? You watching anything? Oh, um, I'm getting caught up on Atlanta. Yes. Um, That's it. Okay. Cool. It's a good show. I started watching Mo. Oh, we finally started watching. I like it. Like it, man. I like it. It's funny. Hey, BB. Yeah. That's my Go, BB, please. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, love yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah. I think he's a very, like, him as a character is a very interesting character because, yeah. like, he speaks Spanish. He speaks yeah. he's Arabic. Like, mm-hmm. he's very, like, well-versed. Yeah. His girlfriend in the show mm-hmm. plays in another sh- I can't remember what other movie she plays in. But she's, like, where she's, she's like, growing as, like, this actor is, like, oh, she's, she's coming up. She's, she's making a name. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, this, yeah. this show is getting a lot of critical acclaim. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. respect Mo a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is a good show to be on right now. Um, so, yeah, I watch, I've been watching Mo. Um, uh, I watched the new Hellraiser movie. I thought it was I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it. I didn't mm-hmm. love it, you know. But I feel like if I watched the original Hellraiser movie today, I wouldn't hate it or love it. I'd just be like, it's a fine, like, horror type of... It's like Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever. It's like, it's the same kind of thing. 
I I thought it was okay. Um, aside from that, really quickly, uh, I had myself an experience over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Did acid for the first time. Mm. Um, so I haven't been watching much TV over the week. I did not super love it. Um, because it was very like I blacked out, and I, I've never blacked out before. Mm-hmm. I don't drink. I don't drink heavily enough to black out. But like this, I was. It was like. First of all, it was vibrant colors. I was definitely like hallucinating and all those things that come along with psychedelics. But then it was like blackout. Next thing you know, I'm like on the str- on the street, mm. blackout back at my friend's apartment. Like it just was like I kept losing time. Mm. I didn't like that. But like the feeling of like the psychedelic part of it, I felt and it felt you know comparable to mushrooms. But I, I think I would do it again in a different context. I did this and went to like a uh, like a kind of baby rave type of thing. Okay, I feel I like think it's with people you trust because yeah, that's that sounds scary. Yeah, like I don't like how I lost time, but yeah. they're like, yeah, no, you were walking around and being like, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah. Like they kept saying I was saying that, but I'm like, I wasn't there. So that's crazy. That's wild that I was so like confident. So is mushrooms like less of that. Mushrooms is like you walk, you slowly walk into being high, and you're there. But is it like? Is this how intense is it? Mushrooms? Yeah, it depends. Depends on how strong the mushrooms are. Um, the times I've done mushrooms, they've been, it's been a fun trip. It hasn't been like overwhelming. But again, it's like first hour, you might be like, I feel a little something. Then yeah. the second hour, it turns up. How long bit, is it? Probably about three to six. Damn. Four to seven That's hours. It's a day. It's a day of a thing. Shit. But Can this you lace uh, mushrooms. What do you mean? Can you get lace with what? Fentanyl. I think you'd know. They'd look like beignets or something like that. They're oh. dusted in powder or oh, something okay. like that. I don't think you can. All right. I, why? Just, I don't, know, just I don't a, think anybody. I think that's two different markets. I don't think people would be really? lacing uh, you know? mushrooms. Because it's just two different drug experiences. I don't know, man. Fitting on, that's just crazy. It's, it's in a lot of stuff. But it, I don't think people would be lacing mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It's, a different, it's a different lane. Okay. You know? That's good. That's yeah. Good yeah. It's like, it's not the same thing. But mushrooms, like, the three to seven hours, it's just like I said, it's a slow walk. This was like, I took it, an hour in, I was like, damn, I'm fucking tripping. Yeah. And then it was like, two hours were gone, mm. and I was somewhere else. And Shit. then it was like, another hour was gone, and I was somewhere else. I, I didn't like that experience. Mm. So, but I would try it again under like more proper circumstances. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, I'm in, I'm in a phase of trying new things. In my yeah, life. man. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was my experience. I oh, I did want to ask you something. Hmm? Did you ever see the, I don't know if it's a movie, I guess it's a movie, Hereditary or something? You seen that movie yeah, before? Yeah, it's like one of the most iconic horror movies of the last like 10, 20 years. Yeah, I saw yeah, like great. a TikTok of it today. You didn't watch the movie? I said, you I should watch the movie. movie, man. It's fucking disturbing. It's good. That's what I, that's what I read. The little the girls doing the click. I didn't see that. You gotta watch the movie. It's cool. I saw what, the was, what was in the I TikTok? Mean, they was like at the funeral or something, at a burial gravesite, mm-hmm. and the camera was like going underground, and it got dark, and now I remember, sure. and I, I think great it cut movie. off after that. It's a great movie. But all the comments was like, very disturbing. Yeah, it's it's October. You More disturbing it. than like being like, oh, it's a horror movie. No, it's 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 an unsettling movie, mm. but it's good. It's really good. So uh, you should watch it. It's October. Mm. You'll be what, fine. What does that mean? It's like is when you Halloween? watch scary stuff. Oh. It's when you watch scary stuff. All right. In my opinion, anyway, I guess you don't have to. But in my opinion, <laughs> what better time to watch scary stuff than October? Yeah. So that's my recommendation to you and to everybody else. If you haven't seen Hereditary, go check it out. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, maybe I will. Yeah, you should do it. Um, anyway, uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francois Evans. And be on the lookout next week for some fun stuff. Deuces.